Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. One of the deepest longings of the human heart is to be known and loved unconditionally. Ruth Haley Barton. In other words, we all want to belong. We want to know that someone in this world knows everything about us and loves us anyway. One thing that I believe that COVID-19, that this situation has done for many people, it's disrupted their sense of belonging. For, for so long, it's been easy to keep ourselves busy going from one thing to the next, from work to sports, to friends, to clubs, to bars, back home, back to friends. And we do that day in and day out and week in and week out. You see, I, I believe we found our belonging in what we did and perhaps who we did it with. But I don't believe it was true belonging. It, it gave us the appearance of belonging. But did what you were doing and who you were doing it with truly tap into that deep desire of your heart to be known, accepted, and truly belong for who you are? The good, the bad, the ugly? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, Amanda and I, we love this country, uh, a country band called Lady Antebellum. And we had gone to see them open up for Tim McGraw one year. And the following year, they came back to Vancouver, headlining the concert themselves. So I ordered tickets for Amanda and I. We went down, we made a date of it. We had dinner, we paid outrageous prices for parking. And then we got in line at the Rogers Centre. And we were gathered together with thousands of other people and we're holding our tickets and we're, we're sensing this, this excitement that's in the air, this energy. And there's something about being together with a large group of people that, that just, you really, it's palpable. You feel that energy. But as time went on, we, we started realizing that something didn't feel quite right. We, we weren't sure if we really belonged there. And what we noticed was we're in line for a country concert, but there's not much plaid and I don't think there were any cowboy hats. And finally we get to the door and they scan our tickets and our tickets are declined. And it's because we had been waiting in line for a Pitbull concert. Pitbull the rapper versus Lady Antebellum the country group. Two very different groups. Um, in fact, Lady Antebellum was on the complete opposite side of town. Talk about not belonging. It, it, felt like, it felt like we had. We had the tickets. We were in line. We were experiencing the energy and the excitement in the air. But ultimately, we didn't belong there. And I still love this memory I have of us walking back and leaving. And this guy from a radio station jumps out in front of Amanda and says, Hey, do you want your picture taken with a cardboard cutout of Pitbull? And she's like, no. And I'm thinking like, this guy's probably like, then why are you here? <laughs> but you see, I believe this is a little like what COVID has done for us. It, for so long, we've been part of the energy and the excitement and the busyness of everything going on around us that it made us feel like we belong, like we had this, this sense of belonging. But now with that missing... And with these COVID restrictions that are in place that have, that have taken a lot of these things away from us, we've been left with the question of where do I belong? And where do I find and experience this sense of belonging for who I am? So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 8. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. We're in this series called Unstoppable, The Church Unleashed. 
And if you need a Bible, you can get a digital one at bible.com app. Or if you're local to Binbrook, if you're in the area and you want an actual Bible, let me know. DM me, drop us a line. I will personally bring one to you. I'd love to uh, hook you up with one. And the reason I'm a strong believer in getting out your own Bibles is the more you get to know it and the more you get to use it during our time together, the more confident and comfortable you're going to be um, while we're not together for the rest of the week. Um, so that's why I'm a big believer in bring out your Bibles, follow along with us, but I will have it on the screen as well for you to follow along. So we're digging into Acts chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verses 26 to 40. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the conduct, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of, passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. I love this story and it's because it's a story about belonging. Sure, it can be used as an evangelistic message by focusing on Philip and that's how I've often preached this message, but I believe the greater nature of the gospel, the transformative, inclusive, radical nature of the gospel of Jesus is more noticeable when we focus on the Ethiopian eunuch, when we come at things through his eyes and his perspective. Because you see, this story is one of many conversion encounters in the book of Acts, but this one is special. This one drives home the fact that in Jesus, you belong. This story starts off with a disciple named Philip, sent by God on a two-day walk to a city that's been dead for a hundred years. Okay, it doesn't say that in the text, but as you begin to study that and probe that, you think, wait, that's a little strange. If you're trying to share the good news of Jesus, if you're spreading the good news with as many people as you can, but then you're being sent somewhere where no one lives. And more than that is Jerusalem, if you kind of place that in the center, it, they had been scattered up to Samaria up north and the eunuch was traveling back to Africa. But still, Philip follows Jesus' leading, and along the way, he comes down south, 
he encounters the Ethiopian eunuch riding in a chariot, reading from the scroll of Isaiah. So they strike up a conversation. The eunuch asks the meaning of the passage. Philip tells him that this passage is a prophecy foretelling the coming of Jesus. Bit more talking than the eunuch asks, what would prevent me from being baptized? And apparently nothing, because Philip takes him to the nearby river and dunks him. And then, boom, disappears, vanishes, literally taken somewhere else. The eunuch never saw Philip again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Why? Because he discovered his true belonging. He discovered that in Jesus, you belong. So how do we experience this deep sense of belonging that Jesus offers? Well, I believe there's three principles in the story of this Ethiopian eunuch that we can live by that will help us experience a deep sense of belonging in Jesus. And the first is you need to search for Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're told by Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In Hebrews 11.6, it says he, God, is a rewarder of those who seek him. In Jeremiah 29, 14, he says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. To better understand what's happening here, let me explain a little bit about eunuchs. There's no delicate way of putting it, but a eunuch is a man who's been castrated, uh, sometimes voluntarily, uh, for a number of different reasons. And in this case, it's because he's it was in the Nubian queen's service. So if you wanted to serve the queen and you were a male, you were required to become a eunuch as a way to protect the queen and also empower the queen. Because to put it this way, you no longer had the equipment to cause trouble. Um, so they were often considered a third gender. Uh, they, they weren't quite male anymore and they weren't female. They, they were considered outcasts in society because people didn't know where to put them. Some eunuchs would develop feminine characteristics because they no longer had the testosterone running through their bodies. Uh, sometimes they would dress in women's clothes and makeup so that they could serve powerful women without too many questions being asked. But this eunuch in particular was very interested in the Jewish God. He traveled all the way from Africa up to Jerusalem to worship. And he even acquired a scroll to take back with him. And I think sometimes we read that and we're just like, oh yeah, he was reading Isaiah and like we have a Bible. This was different back then. The printing press wasn't invented. Uh, he must have worked hard to get that scroll. So it's not only an act of searching for the eunuch, but I believe this is also an act of courage, considering Deuteronomy 23.1 strictly prohibits eunuchs from entering the assembly of God. So he would be able to worship and he would be able to learn, but he could never become part of the Jewish congregation because becoming a eunuch violates God's intended design. In other words, a eunuch was wilf has willfully destroyed and disregarded God's bodily gift and the gift of procreation. But here's what I love, because while this eunuch is searching for God, God sends Philip. God tells Philip to go and share the gospel with a person who is not acceptable according to the Bible. 
Isn't that awesome? This guy's from another land, another religion. He's chosen a lifestyle that's irreversible and strictly prohibited in the Bible. And yet, in the midst of this man searching for God, God sends Philip out of his way to share the good news of Jesus with this person. So the first step in experiencing this deep sense of belonging is to search for Jesus. Then, as we begin to discover Jesus, the next principle we see in experiencing a deep sense of belonging is that we need to get to know Jesus. As, as we've seen, this eunuch, he's already searching. So God brings Philip alongside him in order to help him get to know Jesus. The eunuch's able to ask, how can I understand this unless someone instructs me? He's simply asking, what does this mean? And I don't know about you, but I think we can all relate to that question. I, I, we go to scripture sometimes and we're like, oh, what does that mean? And that's what I love, that this is also a communal journey. So he invites Philip to sit with him. So already we see this man going from being alone, searching for God, and perhaps feeling this sense of lostness, this sense of not really belonging anywhere, to now having someone sit with him in his search and help him get to know Jesus. And I love this guy's questions. He's not afraid to ask, what does this mean? Like, I think sometimes we're, we're a little afraid to actually ask that. Or he asks, tell me, who's the prophet talking about? And this should encourage us in the fact that we don't need to have it all figured out before we can experience belonging. We don't need to be afraid to ask our questions, to bring our doubts and our struggles. And we don't need to be afraid to explore what we don't understand. We're invited to get to know Jesus within community, within relationship, with him and with each other. And as we get to know Jesus, I believe we get to know ourselves better because we're created in the image of God. We are his image bearers. So as we get to know God better, we get to know ourselves better. And as you discover who you are in light of who God is and how deeply loved you are, you will experience more and more this depth of belonging. Take this eunuch, for example. We're told that he's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And I don't believe this is an accident because what's interesting about the book of Isaiah is that it actually contradicts the law in Deuteronomy concerning eunuchs. Isaiah 56, 3 to 5 says this, And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. So do you see what's happening here? In Isaiah, God seems to change the rules of inclusion. God makes an adjustment from a covenant regarding a, a small group of people to a covenant that now includes a larger number of people and more kinds of people. And this is the trajectory of the Bible as a whole. It's a story of this ever-expanding love that extends beyond the originally established boundaries. And this might make some of you uncomfortable, but let me explain why this is good news. Because unless you are Jewish, and I mean you, unless you are Jewish, you would have been excluded from the original covenant too. I would have been excluded. 
But there's always been this trajectory and this redeeming principle of love and redemption and inclusion, which is now found in Jesus. One thing that I've loved about this current quarantine situation is that it's allowed Landon, my son, he's six years old, it's allowed him to simply be a kid. He's normally in full-time uh, senior kindergarten, and those can be long days for a five and six-year-old. But since being home, he's been able to just enjoy time with the family. He's been able to get to know his sister better. He's been able to build a super cute relationship with her. But just this past week, him and I were wrestling upstairs on the bed and we're, we're wrestling and he suddenly stops and he just walks over to the headboard and he leans back and he's like, I love being part of this family and uh, melt my heart. Like seriously, I'm just, he's like, I love being part of this family. And I just wanted to capture that moment and just enjoy it. And I believe this is what God wants for us too. That God wants us to enjoy life, to, to embrace it like a child, like, like a kid, to know how much we're loved and to experience a life of freedom and to be able to just lean back and say, I love being part of this family. We experience this type of belonging as we get to know Jesus. Because as we get to know him, we realize how much we're loved and accepted and welcomed. Philip, he tells the eunuch that the passage of prophecy he's reading is foretelling the coming of Jesus. And Philip is helping the eunuch get to know Jesus. And after a little more conversation, the eunuch finally asks one more question. He says, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Which brings us to our third principle. We need to follow Jesus. As we search for Jesus and we get to know Jesus, we're ultimately faced with this question that, do you believe Jesus? Like, there's no other way of putting it. And if your answer to that question is yes, then the next question is, are you following Jesus? As the eunuch gets to know Jesus, his immediate response is, look, there's water. Why can't I be baptized? What's stopping me from following Jesus and the example that Jesus set for us? And what I love is that Philip baptizes him without any precondition other than the eunuch's desire to follow Jesus and this newfound understanding of belonging. So while the eunuch might be excluded from the religious assembly of God, he is welcome and finds belonging in God's kingdom in and through Jesus. And another important part of the eunuch story that's actually not recorded in the Bible, but I discovered through my studies is that more than 2,000 years after his conversion, where we are today, over half of all Ethiopians are Christians. And a number of them trace the origin of their faith back to this first convert. Can you believe that? Here is this person who's despised, he's feared, he's considered an outcast in ancient Jewish culture. And not only did God welcome him into the kingdom, he also became the carrier and a catalyst of the kingdom to a nation. What this means for you is that it doesn't matter who you are, you are not excluded from this covenant of love and grace. You are not shut out from the assembly of God, no matter what you've done or what you failed to do. You matter 
You belong. You are loved. Why? Because God chooses to gift love. But the most challenging part of this is acceptance. Acceptance of God, acceptance of ourselves. But like the eunuch, have you discovered, despite your differences or the margins in which you live, have you discovered this deep sense of belonging in Jesus? Have you searched for Jesus? Have you been getting to know Jesus? Are you ready to follow Jesus? Will you accept God's gift of transforming, healing, and restorative love? Because the, the trajectory is inevitable. As, as you search for Jesus and get to know Jesus, you're left with that question. Do I believe him and am I going to follow him or not? Or others of you, you've been followers for years now, but perhaps like Philip, is God calling you to go somewhere or do something and you simply need to follow Jesus in that? As you continue to get to know Jesus, are your eyes and your heart being open to the inclusivity of the gospel of grace? Are you helping others discover their belonging in Jesus? Wherever you are, let me encourage you to just bring your authentic self to God. Bring your good, your bad, your ugly. Bring the worst you've got. Bring whatever you've got to God, to this God of love, and you will find acceptance you will find belonging. You see, God doesn't recoil from the dark corners of our life. He's not frightened nor angered by the skeletons in our closets. In fact, when you go to those dark corners within your soul, you will actually discover that God's already there waiting to meet you. In Jesus, you belong. You matter as you are where you are. But here's even better news. As we've said it before at the well, he also loves you so much and too much to leave you there. Just like any parent of a child, our, our kids aren't going to make perfect decisions. I'm aware of that. I have little problems because I have little kids, but they're going to get more complex as time goes on. But that doesn't ever mean I'll stop loving them or I won't accept them. And that's like God. We're going to make stupid decisions. We're going to make unwise things. But he's ready to meet us where we are. And he's ready to help lead us out into a life not marked by bondage and slavery and captivity, but a life marked of freedom and joy and celebration. That's the life God offers. Experience this deep sense of belonging that Jesus offers. Let him heal you. Let him restore your soul. Let him bring you out of the old life of captivity and into this new life of freedom. In Jesus, you belong. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I am just so thankful for your son, Jesus, and that you love us so much that even as we're searching for you and we have questions and doubts and wonderings, you sent your son to be with us, that you still send him to come alongside us, to journey with us, 
so that we can get to know you better. And God, I pray that tonight, everyone listening to this, everyone watching this, commits their life to following you. Whether they're in the shoes of the eunuch where they have felt like an outcast and marginalized for their whole lives. God, meet with them where they're at. Help them understand you and follow you. And for those of us, Lord, who've followed you for many years, perhaps we're just feeling a little stagnant or perhaps we just need a, a shot in the arm of hope. God, I pray that you come alongside us too. And if you are leading us somewhere, I pray that we follow you. Give us the courage to step out in faith and trust that you've got us, that you love us, and that in you and in your son, Jesus, we belong. God, I pray that tonight we leave here yearning for you and searching for you in deeper ways. I pray that we commit ourselves to getting to know you better, wherever it is we're at, whether we're brand new to meeting you or we've known you for years. And God, I pray that we take that final step of following you, being obedient to you and following the example that you've set for us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for gathering together with us online. Um, if you want more information, if you've committed your life to Jesus, or if you're just like, I I'm feeling things, I need help discerning, uh, send me a DM, send me a message or an email, Kevin at the Well Binbrook. I would love to journey with you in this. Um, continue to gather with us. Saturdays at 5 p.m. is when we meet and gather together. Next week, we're going to be looking at uh, Acts chapter 9, where Saul encounters Jesus. And we're also going to be having our live Zoom after party next week, uh, where we have some worship together and we get to participate in communion together. So uh, you don't want to miss out on that. That's next week, following the service at 5.45 p.m. Uh, make sure to like uh, subscribe and share our videos on Facebook and YouTube, and you can also find us on your podcast. Um, and if you or somebody you know wants more information on how you can follow Jesus, or you're interested in taking the step that the Ethiopian eunuch did, the step of baptism and saying, hey, there's water. What's preventing me from being baptized? Nothing. Uh, good contact me, Kevin at thewellbinbrook.com. I would be thrilled to follow up with you and uh, see how we can uh, have you baptized so that you can take that next step of faith in your relationship with Jesus. As you go here this evening, friends, uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Know that I am praying for you, and may the peace and grace of Jesus be with you. Amen.